Matt, so there's been a game that we haven't really covered on the pod yet, but I think we probably should because I know we've both been playing it. Animal Crossing New Horizons uh, on the Switch. Um, just kidding. That, that was a bit. This is like the fifth week in a row where we, we're going to talk about, about Animal Crossing. So strap in, folks! But uh, one thing that I really appreciate about Animal Crossing, Matthew, is, you know, a lot of, you know, Nintendo fandoms, a lot of, you know... Uh, video game fan communities embrace rule 34. Oh no. Right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) What I think is cool about Animal Crossing is it doesn't embrace rule 34, but it does embrace rule 35. What what would that be? Oh, oh, uh, glad you asked. Uh, That's (laughs) that if, so, you know, uh, rule 34 is if, you know, something exists on the internet, then there's, you know lewd imagery of it um rule 35 is if there's a genre of music then kk slider has dropped a hit single (laughs) in that genre (laughs) (laughs) i think Um, yeah that sounds pretty true yeah it's it's pretty true so i have been really enjoying the music in animal crossing and uh the uh the bop of the week has been bubblegum kk which is this like so sweet bubblegum pop song that sounds like it's straight out of like a carly ray jepsen album or something and uh it's been stuck in my head uh i know you were just telling me what uh one of your favorites was uh kk metal dude the, the, al- <laughs> the album art one other thing about the it's just it's just so good all the album art on in this game dude like the kk metal looks like it's straight out of metallica like ugh. Yeah, I I bought an extra KK medal so I could have it hanging on my wall and playing on my radio at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait until they get like really experimental with it. Like they have some I don't know, like KK Death Grips or like KK Wu Tang. Like they have KK really House. Hard. I, I I would be surprised if they did not have KK, Trap. KK House. There has to be KK Trap. I saw, KK I was K-pop. just, you know, in, in what is kind of a conversion of all sorts of rules on the internet, I just came across before the pod um, an image of KK Slider as Triple X Tentacion um, noted, you know, not so, not so uncriminal uh, rapper who got totally murked uh, a couple years ago. Um, so, you know, I, I I assume that was some official Nintendo art, and I just think it's pretty cool <laughs> that they're embracing that kind of thing. They're very progressive, those Nintendo people. What uh, has, has actually been my favorite of the KK Slider covers is uh, theme song. This is the Motion Pixels Podcast. I'm your co-host, August Meyer. What's up, you cool cats and kittens? Hello. Uh, This is, uh, excuse me, Matt. Co-host Matt, say hello. Hello. And uh, this is the Motion Pixels Podcast. This week, Matthew, we have, well, a lot to talk about, but instead we'll probably still talk about Animal Crossing quite a bit. Um, I have passed, I think I'm at 75 hours or more, probably, you know, about 80, 
85 hours um, in Animal Crossing. Uh, I assume you're around there too. Yeah, probably. I've been playing. My playtime has definitely gone down a good amount. Um, still playing like, I think I the biggest break I took this week was maybe like two days. But I usually get on and play for at least like an hour. Get my, uh, you know, my chores done. My fruit picked. My uh, Nook Miles uh, tasks completed. Then usually sign out. Put numbers on the board. I see. Yeah, I, I I played every day since it's come out, and it just feel it's it doesn't even feel like a chore. I mean, not to say that the chores in Animal I, I the, the chores in Animal Crossing are part of the fun, but it doesn't feel like a real life chore, you know, which is something you might not necessarily want to do. Um, I have just been so stoked to play Animal Crossing every day, to check my store, you know, to see what my villagers are up to. Although, thank God that. This goddamn bunny day thing is over with, Matt. Uh, as of today, it is over. And Matt, it's just taken a serious toll on my mental health. Not my mental health, but my villager's mental health. Because every time I try to talk to another villager, a neighbor of mine in Animal Crossing, they're just like, okay, so I'm going to lay it on you thick. There's eggs coming out rocks. of e- in rocks <laughs> and have you tried knocking down a coconut tree oh uh, yeah there's eggs there too and it's like guys i get it i get it i get it i understand um i was just i'm just happy that that monster uh zipper is off my island dude that guy freaks me out did they unveil what he was like i didn't get all the furniture so i i didn't get his like special prize or whatever but, uh, no, as as a protest, I did not do anything Easter related. <laughs> <laughs> Literally nothing. Um, I just had a bunch of the stupid eggs in my inventory because they were everywhere. And then uh, my girlfriend graciously, uh, I gave her all of my stuff, uh, and I gave you some of my eggs too. And uh, she gave she crafted me some of the uh, cool things that I wanted. There was like four cool things approximately. Uh, I was gonna say I was, didn't see any cool things. There was the the backpack is actually cool because it doesn't really look Easter-y. Oh, there's a I would backpack. Say. Yeah, the backpack is cool. Oh man. Then there's wood egg lamps that are cool. Uh, there was a rug that's okay, and there's uh, I feel like there was something else, but oh, and I I got one of the silly egg outfits too, um, just to have to put on next year, so I don't yeah. have to craft I just don't anything like the, next year. I don't like the pastel like multicolor aesthetic. It's not really my my thing. But you so, loved Midsummer. Yeah, but I wouldn't wear those colors. <laughs> oh, okay. I wouldn't so decorate like my house with those colors, you know? So you were in it just to kind of like like cosplay, 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 cosplaying. You know what I mean? Like take a step into the mind of someone who would wear pastels when you when you watch Midsummer. Exactly. That's cool. That's very that's very escapist um, of you. Um, but uh yeah. We've been digging eggs. Actually, we've been not digging the eggs, if you catch my drift. Um, yeah, it's been horrible. So I'm very, very, very glad that it's all over. And uh, now we can just get back to, you know, maxing and relaxing all day on the island. Um, man, dude, this game's just so good. There, and, uh, What keeps me into it, besides just like the, the daily aspect of it, where every day you feel like you're slowly but surely you know while taking your time advancing your island and getting doing bigger and better things um the thing that keeps me fascinated with animal crossing is all of the the little things and the attention to detail which is just crazy there's so many things 
that you can do in this game. You know, it's like being on a vacation, whatever. But one thing that I think is so funny is some of the furniture just has such such little detail that must have taken so much effort to make. Like, for instance, the the washing machine for clothes in the game. It, it so you you go up to it, and interact with it, and you can pop open the lid, and you see like clothes in there or whatever, and then you can interact with it again and close it. But then if you press it, I, I forget if it's the interaction uh, where you close it or if you have to press a button again on it, but it'll just, you press a button and then it'll just kind of sit there for like five, six solid seconds, like a, a while if you're staring at it. And then all of a sudden it'll, it'll just start rocking a little bit back and forth. And it has like such a good animation and the sound of clothes going back and forth in the wash that it's like someone had to go and like, like like put a microphone up to a washing machine and spend probably a few hours you know making sure that the weight of the washing machine rocking back and forth in animal crossing looks realistic and then your stupid little villagers sitting there you know with a big you know smile on their face wearing like a you know tutu or whatever it's just what a what a marvelous what a marvelous game what a marvelous game yeah all the attention to detail for a lot of the items is cool it just it makes it that much more apparent when there's like an item that you think would have something with it doesn't, and it feels kind of yeah. bad. But yeah, like I, I, I just I, got a, uh, I just got a uh, what's it called like a phone booth like Superman changes in, and I was expecting, maybe I wasn't expecting because I've seen a number of items you couldn't that looked cool but you couldn't interact with, and this phone booth is a little too small for like your villager i feel like to go comfortably inside of and you can't do anything with it you can't interact with it and that was kind of a bummer yeah there's just some things that are strictly for decoration to make it look like uh yeah just something that is there you can't really do much with it yeah it's you know it's one of those things kind of like with uh we were talking with uh uncle dane a couple weeks ago on the pod about um some of the new things in Animal Crossing, the new changes um, in this new version versus older ones. And one difference that uh, Dane mentioned, and I'm sure you remember, is that the there's a lot less um, conversation options with the villagers. It's like one of those things where like there's so much good about this game that they had, I'm sure they had to not, you know, spend their effort hours on certain things. And I think, you know, not being able to interact with the phone booth and not being able to, you know, have have 50 different conversations with your each villager every day was just something that were kind of left on the, the cutting room floor. Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, can't have everything. Yeah, except it may be in the DLC. Maybe rather than having horrible, horrible, terrible, scary Easter DLC, you know, we'll get some, like, quality of life updates. That'd be cool. Although I feel like this game's quality of life... I mean, this is kind of quality of life. The game. Did you see the? Uh, did you see the screenshots about the? Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say missing content, but about like villagers talking about things that don't exist in the game yet. No. Oh, that okay. sounds like yeah. some creepy pasta. It's kind of like no, 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 not like creepy things, but like some of the villagers will talk about uh, getting coffee at the from the Brewster character, who's like. Oh, the, you were yeah. mentioning that about like no one knew if that guy was going to be in the game yet, because he had been in other ones. Yeah. There's been a couple screenshots of people uh, that people have posted that are like villagers talking about um, some structures and characters that aren't in the game. Uh, so 
I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like conversations that they preloaded um, into the game with like that's like these things are going to come in DLC in the future. Uh, but I, or maybe it's just like things that they left in and didn't realize uh, of content content that got cut. But there's like rumors now going around that that's going to be some DLC in the future. So my fingers are crossed. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I, I was hoping they'd add a bunch of this stuff like that back. Yeah, that would be really cool if they did like a DLC where a bunch of merchants co- came and set up shop on your island. You know, because we have the Able Sisters who have the clothing shop, you know, already in Nook's Cranny. But having the coffee shop, um, what are some other things there could be? There could be like an ice cream shop, you know, a bar, <laughs> a gun range. Um, these are all cool range. businesses that would be cool to support in the world of Animal Crossing. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff they could do. So, um I'm hoping they bring a bunch of the old stuff back. That'd be cool. But only uh, only time will tell, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if they're going to have like island expansions because, you know, we've already seen, we, you know, we've seen like Dane's Island, which is like crazy terraformed. And I feel like people are going to run out of space eventually. So I wonder if there will be. Oh, no, there won't be. You don't think so? Kind of like no. how in like some games like Breath of the Wild does DLC where you get they like expand the world you get all these challenges and like they open up the world a little more you don't think that like animal crossing would literally expand the world for you no i think of anything they'd they'd add like a separate sub area you can go to and maybe customize but there's no way they make your island bigger yeah i wonder because in uh in pocket camp there's uh once you i think i forget what the trigger for it is but i think it's something along the lines of when you invite like the maximum amount of villagers or the first maximum amount of villagers to your camp in pocket camp then isabel comes and lets you manage the like lodge that's also on the island and it's like a whole nother space like a big big huge like two-story house that you can uh you can customize um yeah and it was kind of maybe i didn't like do it right but there was like no never anyone there like all like all the villagers that I had were just like at my camp and then I would, I would go to my lodge and customize it and it would just be empty all the time. So there's probably more there that I didn't explore in uh, Pocket Camp and I haven't been playing Pocket Camp since uh since uh, New Horizon came out. But um yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's you know something. What if you got like a houseboat or something that would kind of be on brand? Yeah, it'd be cool. They can do a lot with it. So um it just kind of depends on I don't know. I think I think the I think more areas to customize would be cool, but I think something the game could use a lot more of are like little side activities or and things to go do, like mm-hmm. mini games and whatnot with friends. Uh, I think that's what will keep people playing more is having like like I guess there was a diving mini game mini game in New Leaf which I didn't ever tr- play, but a lot of people are bummed out that was there. There was like an island where you could go do like competitions against friends so stuff like that would be cool i'd probably prefer that more than um i don't know like another little disconnected sub island or a lodge or something but you know that i have no idea what they're gonna do but i'm sure they'll add be adding plenty to this game yeah did you see uh did you see donkey's video that he posted about animal crossing this week yeah yeah in that video a I, I was kind of bummed. I didn't notice Dane in it. Dane said he was playing with Donkey a bunch. Yeah, I was and... looking for Dane too the entire time. I was like, Does yeah, that, is that I, Dane's character? I don't think, unless yeah, Dane I... was wearing like a hat or something yeah, I and I couldn't quite, quite see. I didn't notice the red hair anywhere. But um, regardless, I mean, very funny, very funny video. 
Um, but in it, he talks about how it seems like a perfect opportunity of a game to have all sorts of weird mini games, you know, like um, not even like uh, like a WarioWare type of micro game thing, but just things in the world. Like I think he had he had videos of like Yakuza and uh, Shenmue with like the um, um, like Plinko board game you can play in, in Shenmue and like um, the little prizes you can win. That seems so perfect for Animal Crossing. It'd be cool if they if they released dlc like that especially you know maybe it would make sense in the in the context of you know like merchants coming to your island and setting up shop that in those shops there could be you know like a pizza place that has an arcade and there's little games there you could play like something like that i think could fit fit really well into uh new horizons oh yeah like if they had something like uh like i think of like red dead online where you could play like poker with exactly friends. Exactly. Yeah, like all those things that exist in the main game by yourself, you can do with other people uh, online. Like, it's a, it's just the perfect spot for it because it's just stuff you do for you know no reason other than to just like enjoy it with some friends. So, I think like little like card games or any sort of silly little mini game would be a pretty good addition to have for multiplayer. Because right now it's really just uh, I don't know like. <laughs> play the instruments with your friends and run around and hit them with nuts there's not much else to do beyond that well what if that i mean i think that's kind of the beauty of animal crossings multiplayer i'm not saying i i i, I would i would definitely welcome you know mini games especially co-op mini games i think that'd be awesome um especially if they like really fit into the world because like like the whole rest of the, the world feels so like lived in and whatnot it'd be cool if you know they were just like part of the world but part of the part of the magic for me of the multiplayer of animal crossing is the total just hangout nature of it, the organic nature of it, where like I'll text you and be like, yo, you want to hop on a call and just like fish for a while? And we'll go to one of our islands and just like walk around, kind of talk to each other sometimes and 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 fish. You know, it's like the just like being like near nearby somebody, especially in this time of, uh, you know, quarantine where everyone is literally trapped in their house. Like, it's really great to be able to like go and visit friends. Like for instance, I, uh, I was on the phone with a buddy of mine over the weekend and she told me that, um, it, it, this is like a, a friend of mine's roommate who I'm also friends with, uh, told me that she, it was her birthday that day. And I was like, Oh my God, you just got animal crossing, right? Like, let me, let me come to your Island and give you a birthday present. So I went to my store and I bought this like, um, like big gay cowboy outfit uh, and gave it to her and she was super jazzed about it because I asked her, I was like, what's the, I wanted to like get her the right gift. And I was like, what's the, uh, what's like the vibe of your animal crossing character. And she was like, well, I'm very gay, um, and kind of whimsical. And I was like, okay, perfect. And I went in my store, I had like a pink cowboy hat, cowboy pants, um, like a Western shirt, uh, and I forget what else, like big, like pink glasses or something. And uh, yeah, I gave her a gay cowboy outfit. It was awesome. And it was just like such a nice thing to be able to do that kind of like you felt like an extension of friendship in real life of just like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're my friend. Let me come and give you a gift uh, in the Animal Crossing world because I can't drive over and give you a gift in real life. It was just cool. It felt like uh, natural and, you know, just fun. Yeah. It's a. Uh... It's it's definitely like like we were saying for the past couple of weeks. It's like one of the best games for uh, the current state of the world. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. That feels oh my god, yeah. Yeah, man. That's just I. Donkey said it in his video, and I definitely agree. But I think it'll probably be. I think Animal Crossing: New Horizons will be remembered as one of the best games of the Switch era. 
in the same way that Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey um, and Skull Rogue <laughs> will be. Um, that's a motion pixels deep cut for you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, really, I mean, uh, in Smash Ultimate also, just like a game that fits the um, fits the utility of the Switch, like being able to you know play on the couch on your TV or grab it or whatever in small bites. Um, like this game just works so well, fits the moment, and just has like the cheery energy that I think the Switch kind of like encourages in uh, its games catalog. Um, and, you know, evidenced by how much freaking time that I've dropped in it. I almost have as much time in Animal Crossing New Horizons as I do in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which in my opinion is like easily top three best video games of all time. I'm not saying new uh, Animal Crossing is one of the best games of all time. Um, it's certainly a current favorite, but um, I think I think Donkey was definitely onto something when he said it's going to be remembered as one of the best on the system because um, it just feels so perfect for right now, like you were mm-hmm. saying. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Uh, and speaking of uh, really good, um, there has been an awakening, a hype machine that our um, all of our friends have been swept up into and i personally just got swept into as of like 11 p.m last night uh valorant riot's game valorant um this new like tactical 5v5 team-based hero shooter um is doing this weird pr campaign for their uh, closed beta where in order to get a key you have to watch um streamers who have twitch drops enabled and have uh, your Riot account linked to your Twitch account, and you have a chance to get a key invite to this beta that's going to last for, what, like two weeks, a month or so? No, this and... beta's this beta's going until the game launches. Oh, really? Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought it was just going to be a few weeks, and then there was going to be a month or two of silence you know, while they refine stuff and then release it. But that, that's great to hear, because, uh, spoiler alert, Valorant's great. Um, I have I played literally all day today. I... Um, Got my invite at, um, like I said, 11 o'clock last night. Played until like 3 in the morning um, with our with our friends. And then woke up this morning. Um, didn't have to work today, which was great. And played Valorant all day. And uh, one of our friends, um, Sean, who uh, will be on the podcast eventually, he at one point was in the top 100 tanks in Overwatch on PC. Top 500. Right? Top 500. Top 500. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how all this stuff works. But he's extremely good. He's he's extremely good at uh, tactical shooters. And I've been playing with him a whole bunch. And, you know, it's very humbling, you know. And I get, like, totally roasted a whole lot for making dumb decisions. Because this is a game where, like, every little decision you make, every little movement Oh, you Sean make... isn't roasting you. 100% no, I'm not, saying, I'm not you. saying Sean roasts me. I'm just saying that, like, playing with Sean who's extremely good and helps teach me how to play this game better is humbling. And I get roasted by like, you know, my whole team for making, I make a bunch of dumb mistakes. <laughs> um, so it's, it's cool to be able to play with someone who's really good and, you know, learn the ropes of just like high level competitive play. Cause this game is like, like f- people have been calling it like algorithmically designed. Like it's so, it just takes the like best parts of a lot of um, really popular tactical shooters and just like mixes them together into into something like extremely playable. Like Valorant is 
in the same way I feel about League of Legends, it's a Riot game. Um, Valorant is so accessible and extremely difficult. Um, like, I have not played much League of Legends, but every time I've jumped in, I've had a good time. And I haven't done very good. But, um, and I'm sure we're going to have people saying, like, um, League actually has the world's most toxic community. But I personally have not encountered that in my noob levels of playing. And um, in Valorant, you know, I've just, I've had a great time so far. It, um, the game looks really good. Um, I like the vibe of it. It's like Shadowrun, like sci-fi meets fantasy characters and magic and stuff. And uh feels a lot like Overwatch. The The graphical style is kind of like Fortnite meets Overwatch kind of thing. With It's like kind of cartoony and stylized, really colorful. Yeah, the, with, the art director um, was the guy that did TF2. And that makes a lot of sense too, because one of the characters, Brimstone, um, to me looks exactly like the engineer and kind of soldier from TF2, just with a beard. Like he's like pretending like he's in disguise or something. But um, yeah, it's just, a, it's a really cool game. Um, it, it feels so popular right now and so focused on like the eSport thing that I, I imagine it's going to be getting a whole lot of, it's going to be talked about a lot um, in the same kind of conversations as a lot of really popular eSports. And I think Riot's putting like everything they have like PR wise and like technical support wise like behind this thing. So um, it's been pretty exciting the past couple of days uh, playing Valorant. And I know I know you've been playing it even more than I have, Matt. Because oh, you've yeah. had your key longer than I have. I got my key last Tuesday and I've played probably at, like at least six hours every day. Um, six hours at the minimum. Yeah, it's... I, I really like it. I'm surprised you say uh, you find it like really accessible because the game is like incredibly punishing. Um, the game... Like... Like, see, when I think accessible, I think, like, Overwatch, where you can kind of get in and, like, there's every, there's a role for everybody. So if you can't, like, play an FPS well, you can play some sort of role where you can still, like, contribute. Um, in this game, it's basically you you need to be able to aim incredibly well and incredibly fast or you're going to die and just get punished. And then it's, uh, it's set up like, you know, Counter-Strike or Siege, where when you die, you're dead until the round restarts. Um, and so there's no respawning, like, in that round. And it's just, it's pretty punishing. Like, uh, you gotta know everything. Uh, you need to know placements, you need to know callouts, you need to know, uh, like, your recoil, like, how to aim, or, like, how to use a particular gun. There's just so much in this game. And that's why I really like it, because... There, there's some moments um, where this game feels like the best, like kind of tactical team-based game I've played uh, so far. Like, uh, like even like we we've been playing, we were playing Siege a bit before we started playing Valorant, and like you can go into a site kind of with a game plan. But um, what's different about like how Siege, how you'll kind of push a site, or at least how we've been playing, versus how we play in Valorant is uh siege you kind of like know where a bomb site is and maybe you'll have like somebody push in from above and a couple people pushing on the same floor um in valorant like you have there's two bomb sites uh the game is like for those that aren't familiar it's like counter-strike where there's uh two bomb sites there's a team with the bomb and there's a team that are defending the sites the team with the bomb has to go in plan it uh or wipe out the entire defending team and the defending team has to hold the sights or wipe out the attacking team um and there's some of these moments man where these like these maps 
are so well designed. Like you'll be pushing into a site with your team and all the all the heroes have abilities, right? So it's a it's a class based, not a class based, but like a hero based shooter where every uh every hero has their own abilities, kinda like Overwatch. Um so nobody and, like, can really and, and, do and these abilities are, are these abilities are very impactful. Oh yeah. And that that's what's so cool. Like there's there's people that are designed around complete uh like utility. Um like uh there's there's characters that have the ability to cut off vision from sights using like smoke bombs. There's characters that can create giant walls that get in the way. There's characters that can just teleport or have like incredibly high mobility. So uh, there's a lot of different roles that these characters can fill on your team. And when people get the hang of what their characters can do and everybody can play around each other, it just feels so good. Like when you push into a bomb site and you have somebody that's going to cut off the vision points where the other team can hold it so you can all storm in, you know where people typically hold so you can go and gun them down there, and then you set up your defenses on the site and hold it. It's There's just nothing like it, man. Like, it just feels so good when you execute a plan, it, you feel insane. And then the other part goes to where if you can, if you're like really good at um, aiming and shooting, you feel so good when you get like multiple kills in a row or just multiple kills on the team. Like, have you noticed the, um, the noise it makes when you get a, when you get a kill? Uh, I mean, I've gotten <laughs> lots of kills, but uh, no, I don't remember the. <laughs> I don't remember the. Yeah, noise. there's this really satisfying noise cue where. Um, were you there yesterday when I got my ace? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was. So like when you, I think it's after you get your second kill. There's like this uh, high pitched like dun, and it's like kind of like a. Oh yeah. Think yeah, of like yeah, the counter noise from Wind Waker or Breath I, of the I, Wild, like it. some sort of like it's a sound cue that like amps up and as you get more kills it uh it just goes higher and higher pitched um like it's kind of like leading up to something and then uh if you're able to get all five the round ends you get this big thing that says ace on the top and then uh you get this sound cue that's like da -da 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 -da. like it's like a congratulations. oh that's so cool yeah and it feels so satisfying because like you like every time like when i start like a, a kill streak like that like like when the odds are against you, right? It's you against five other people. Like all your teammates have died in some tragic way. And it's the entire, the fate of the round is on you. And you just start picking off people. Your heart gets racing. And then like that music amplifies it because it like, it's like, hey man, you're doing it. Just keep going. Don't die. You got to click the heads. Oh, dude, it, it feels, the game just feels so good. It, it rewards in so many ways. And I feel like the design is based around uh i guess enhancing the emotions you feel playing it like you feel the tension um when you get into the groove of things like you it really like hits the notes of what i feel like players are feeling while they're playing like when things are getting dire the game lets you kind of know like when you're and when the, it knows your heart's racing it kind of ramps things up like in like a sound cue sense Oh, and Brilliant. just like the the way the the pressures of the economy also. So this is a game like Counter Strike where every round you get a certain amount of money based on how many kills you got the last round, whether you won or lost. And that money is used to buy a gun. And if you died in the last round, you lost the gun that you bought before, so you have to buy a new one. And like what you're saying, Matt, like in the way the game like 
amplifies the way you're kind of already feeling. Like if you're if you lost like two rounds in a row, you're not going to have a lot of money. So you have this additional stress on you of, oh my god, like I have to get this like pistol that's pretty good, but we're on round like five, and I really shouldn't be using a pistol right now. Um, you know, it's it's just it's really cool. Like this, uh, it feels like they kind of like have your heart, you know, in their hands while while you're while you're playing this game. Yeah, because like when you get in a situation like that, like if you start off the game bad, there's not really a good catch-up mechanic. You have to you have to buy light and either throw a couple rounds, which is going to make it harder for you to win the game, or play really well and really smart and win with inferior gear because the guns aren't balanced in, in the sense that like uh, an SMG isn't designed to be as good as an assault rifle. An SMG is just like worse compared to an assault rifle. Like an assault rifle is kind of like the gold standard of gun in that game where it can do well at range. It can do well close. It can do well mid range, like an assault rifle going against pretty much any other type of gun besides maybe like an operator is, is just, it's just going to win. And so when you go into these rounds with worse gear than the team, like and you win oh it feels great because it's like you feel like you you swung yourself back into the game um yeah dude the, the, the game does so much so much right and it just uh i mean granted a lot of it is basically just kind of like counter-strike like i would say without these numbers actually meaning anything the game's like probably 70 percent counter-strike and then like you know 30 percent overwatch or classic uh hero shooter type of game yeah to me it feels like a very solid like 70 percent over a counter-strike like you're saying and then maybe like 20 percent overwatch and 10 percent siege where where in in siege you just have there's so much more like uh i don't know like utility uh, like like it just feels more the the hero events or sorry hero powers that you get feel a lot more tactical than they do in in overwatch oh yeah which yeah. i i feel like are building like overwatch feels like a lot of your stuff is super team synergy based where in, in rainbow six, that's not always the case. A lot of it is like, just about locking down areas. And in uh, Valorant, one of the main things that people do is lock down areas. Like, I don't know what the, what the, what the numbers are, but it feels like most characters have like a smoke bomb that can, uh, a smoke bomb or some sort of like visual, um, what's the term for like vi- like visual barrier for the enemy team that like closes off uh, a like corridor so you can like lock down visuals of a hallway so your team can sneak past or um, you know throw a smoke sm- throw a smoke grenade at the entrance um, to a room so um, you confuse anyone who comes in to try to defuse or, or whatever um, but like kind of changing the way you see the map is a big part of Valorant and like kind of like really like changing the map it feels like in a similar way to rainbow six siege where like you're just blowing apart walls and blowing apart ceilings and floors um like changing the sight lines of uh uh of the game and like really having that big focus on holding angles which is something that you also do a whole lot of in 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 valorant and rainbow six yeah and and overwatch too yeah like overwatch is more definitely more like team synergy like you're saying and like this game is like synergy or like tactical synergy you yeah. know um yeah that's a good way to put it because there is just a lot of utility like there are some operator agents whatever this game calls them um agents yeah that their abilities are kind of just uh siege gadgets like uh cypher he has that camera 
that you can use to just like look around an area and see if people are there. He also has like trip mines where if somebody walks through them, it's going to let the team know that that person's in that area. And uh, so a lot of the abilities in Valorant are designed around either gaining or denying information. Um, yes, that's a great you, way to put it. You need to use that information to kind of make snap calls. Like, uh, like if you're if you're attacking, uh, I've, we've had this situation come up a, a lot of times while we've been playing. Like our initial plan is, okay, we're all going to push A and we're all going to go in and plant the bomb and hold the site. But then things happen, like maybe one of our teammates die. Uh, we realize the, the site's a little hotter uh, than we thought and we can't get in. And then we make a like plan right then, be like, all right, well, uh, let's just pivot. Let's go B. And, you know, you you change the plan on the fly based on the information you've gathered and then you go attack somewhere else. Um, and it's like the the on the fly decision making that you make uh, that's you, the way you reach those is based upon the information you're getting by using your abilities like uh, like that character Sova that Sean plays a lot. That mm -hmm. arrow. Is do you want to so, describe what the, who this character is? Yeah, he's like a he's like an archer. He has a bow. Um, his best ability is this arrow that it's a sonar dart so he it will bounce across walls which is already insane because uh Sean and you and I, control the amount of bounces that the arrow has yeah yeah so it's cool it's like a variable like you can shoot it with better strength and it will bounce off a set number of walls that you can kind of predetermine before you fire but uh and it's predictable how it's going to go so like to figure out a lot of these good sonar arrows that are kind of tricky uh, Sean and I labbed for like two or three hours trying to find good spots of like, if he's in this spot, where can he shoot it to get information in this one place? So when you fire this dart, it'll land. And for like, I think it has like three bursts that it will do like every second, it will scan the area. And if anybody's within sight of that dart, it will highlight their position for everybody. So you can see where people are. So if you're pushing into an area that you don't know, you can uh, shoot a dart and let your team know that it's like, okay, there's three people holding and they're holding here and they don't know where we're coming from. So we can push up on them and have the upper hand because we're catching them off guard. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's just one of the, that's just one of my favorite abilities that people can do. I also really like a uh, Sage's wall. It's like a May ice wall. Mm -hmm. Have you seen the weird things that people can do with that? Uh, I haven't seen a lot of crazy tricks with it. Oh, like um, I had this really stupid thing I did with it yesterday. We were, um, we we're playing on that desert map. What's it called? Oh, I think it's split. No, it's not split. I forgot what it's called. But um, what are the on, names of the maps? Do it's you know like Haven, Split, and then this map that I can't think of. Um, yeah, I forgot. There's only three oh, right oh, now. Oh, it's called a uh, Dust. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but on the on that bomb site on A, you know, there's like there's that box with the little corner that people can plant the bomb in, like uh, those mm -hmm. orange boxes. Mm -hmm. somebody planted a bomb there while we were defending and so i was like oh shoot like it's just me sean and we're against like four people right now so i ran up to it and i used my sage wall which is like four pretty thick ice blocks that you raise in front of you and so the team can damage it to um to break through it but it can take some time so while sean was holding them off and kind of making it so they couldn't rush in I raised this wall and I cornered myself against the boxes and the bomb was was in there with me. So there's no way to get in other than breaking the wall. So I was able to defuse without worried about getting shot at or 
having somebody come up on me because they would have to break the wall to get in. And by the time they'd be able to break it, the bomb was already defused and we won. So it's just like one of those dumb things you can do. You can also use sage to like boost people up. So like uh, sometimes you can use like a sage wall as like an offensive strategy where when people rush into a site, they'll generally kind of like look in directions where they know people typically hold. But like on a, on split on the B site, uh, you you can make a wall that's hiding behind this pillar. So you're like elevated in the air and you're not hidden. It's not like a, a site that you can see them and they can't see you, but you're so high in the air and people aren't used to looking up there that they don't check you. So you can see people rush in and you can just get a couple free shots on them, which is usually enough to, you know, kind of win a fight. And yeah, so. that's that's one of the other cool things about this game that I really like as someone who, who's coming straight from Rainbow Six Siege. Um, I, I don't really play Counter-Strike. I've played it a little bit like years ago. Um, but the time to kill in this game is awesome. Like it feels so snappy. And that's that's kind of what I meant when uh, like I, I said it, it felt like accessible. Like it just, it felt really familiar. That, that's one of the things that made the game feel really familiar to me is just knowing that, you know, no matter what gun I have, if I get a headshot, it'll probably kill uh, maybe two bullets tops. Um, if I get, you know, a, a good chunky shot on someone, um, it's going to, it's going to do some serious damage. Whereas a game like Overwatch, you know, kind of feels like, I don't know. I don't know what the word for it is, but a little more bullet spongy. Um, like you feel like you're kind of taking, um, I don't know. I don't really know how to put it. It feels less snappy than, you know, something like Counter-Strike Siege or, or Valorant, where really just a couple shots and you're dead. Like any like fight you have with someone lasts like a second, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like, cause like in Overwatch, there's like a bunch of different roles like dps support tank and tanks can last forever and then top coupled with uh healers like there can just be whole fights where your teams and overwatch are basically two bubbles bumping against each other until something breaks and then your team can roll over their other team there's not a whole lot of times where like a team will walk away from a fight with maybe only three people because you're one team's pushing one way and one team's trying to hold right um in, in Valorant, it's different because you can split everybody up. Everybody has roles that they fill, but it's nothing like... It's not like an MMO where there's DPS, tank support, right? Everybody can frag out in Valorant. And the only and, and because of the... Sorry to interrupt, but like another cool thing is like all of the opera or all of the agents, even though they have different abilities, they all have the same gun pool. So they yeah. all kind of like have the same main functions potentially. Yeah, like... Uh, your your role is more self-determined um than it than it is in a game where overwatch where you literally have a role that you're locked to and you have to fulfill those roles like you can you can change on the fly anybody can end the game in a in valorant anybody can come back from you know if all four of their teammates die there is still a reasonable chance that you can come back and beat the other team uh all five of them uh just by yourself if you play smart where in like overwatch that's not possible yeah because i mean this is simplifying it but really like if it's one versus five like you just have to make five headshots like (laughs) just five five clicks of the mouse just click five heads easy 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 uh yeah yeah it all it all feels so snappy like it just has this great loop to it um similar to siege and and counter-strike but 
one thing, and tell me what you think about this. One one thing that I I don't know how hot I am on is the 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 match structure is best of twenty five. So you have to win thirteen. It's basically first to thirteen um, wins. You know, I guess give or take ties. I don't know if those can happen, but um, it it feels a little long, like thirteen rounds to win. You know, I guess. I don't know what the what the average average um, match length would be, but you're probably going to be playing, you know, like somewhere around twenty rounds, and that's to me as 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 someone maybe my attention span isn't the isn't the longest. Like twenty matches is a lot of, or twenty rounds is a lot of rounds to play. Um, I mean it's it's long, but I don't think it's too long. It's about the same time that a game of league can take, which. I think it's a good level. It's also shorter than Counter-Strike, which I appreciate. I think Counter-Strike might be like, you need to win five more rounds to like close out a match or maybe even like 10 more or something like that. Like Counter-Strike's matches are really long. Um, And the reason I don't really have a problem with it in a game like this is that the mode that we're playing right now is going to be the competitive mode that they use for, I don't know, the upper levels of play. And that and that's really what this game is made for. This game is a this is a highly competitive game first. And if you don't like that type of style, like this game isn't for you. Um, and I, I with that said though, I think they are going to add a couple other things. Like I imagine they're going to add something that's like a uh, CS:GO gun game, right? Like there's no way they don't. Uh, or have some sort of smaller like something like like if you do you know what ARAM is? No. ARAM is a, a mode in League where there's one lane and everybody has random heroes. It's just another way to play. It's a little, like, different. Um, and it, it's just for, like, it, it's not competitive. There's some people that <laughs> try to play it highly competitive, and that's a whole different uh, topic. But um, I'm sure they'll have something like like ARAM or some sort of more casual-focused mode that's going to be a little shorter, maybe a little more... Um, easy to, to get a game in but i don't know right now i think uh like i budget my time like like i play this on lunch right one game is gonna either take 30 minutes to an hour so i can get one game in when i go to lunch like and i'm okay with that i'm not trying to squeeze in uh 20 minutes of valorant here or there like if i'm gonna sit down and play it i'm gonna at least play it for an hour or two and i i think that's a decent decent uh time length for a game yeah, I, I'm just I'm used to a a, a quicker a quicker match uh, system like in 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 siege. It feels a little quicker than that. Maybe it's like twenty minutes or so. It's like th- uh, three round a uh, three minute three minute rounds. Um, best of like pretty much like first to four or five or so in siege. What is it? Siege has a kind of a yeah, weird system see, where it's like you have to win by three. Be, can be almost as long as a game of Valorant though. Like if you go Yeah, at its lo- at its longest though. Yeah. But like Valorant is only really long when you it's one of those like really close games where it comes down to it's 12-12 and you're in overtime. Like that's that's a little crazy. Um you can end the game a yeah, lot. I've quicker. had a couple of matches like that, and they're so intense. It's so intense because yeah, it, like it could go either way. That's that's a great thing about this game. Yeah, and that and that's another thing I really like about it is like the time investment feels good. Like if you're getting crushed, the game's gonna end a lot quicker. And if it's a really close game, like the kind of game you should be wanting to play, where the other team is about evenly matched with you, and you have to you know do the things that make you better to win. If it comes down to being 12-12, like, I don't see that as like, oh, man, I wish this game would end and move on to the next one. It's like, I want to keep playing this. Like, 
this is so close and so tense. Like, I want to keep playing this type of thing, which is why I'm okay with those games going longer, because that's how I want to play it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm happy with it. I think it's the perfect amount of time. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I definitely would say I don't have fun with it. Um, <laughs> it, it it feels lengthy. I, I, I have fun with it, and it just feels a little exhausting because the game is so high. I'm not going to say high stress, but the game is you're 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 always on your feet. You're always on your feet making little micro decisions, um, and there's not a whole lot of breathing room. It's not like a game of Fortnite or Warzone, you know, that we played more recently, where um, you have these long, uh, long pauses uh, to kind of like get your uh, uh, get your equipment right and whatnot. Like you have to be on the ball at every single second of every match. Um, because any wrong turn you take on the mat on, on the map or, you know, any wrong click you have when you're trying to click heads, you know, you could kill you or doom your team because everything is so, uh, like on such a tight timeline. Um, and that, that's another cool thing. Uh, speaking of the map of the game, um, a cool, uh, it feels like a riot is, um, you know, kind of a, a thing riot does best, I guess, is these like lane, lane based games. Like isn't. Legend of Legends of Runeterra, their card game, also lane based. Like, uh, in, no, I wouldn't say it's lane based, but it kind of is. There's like there's a there's usually like three kind of paths through a through each of the map the, the maps. There's only like three maps so far, but each of them has kind of like three no, no main I meant Runeterra is not lane based, but yeah, this game is like definitely, oh, gotcha. It's it's lane, yeah, it's lane based. I mean, you can view each map as kind of like. It's kind of like a League of Legends map, like with different steps. But Counter Strike maps are kind of the same way in the in that design. But I get, I see what you mean. It's definitely it feels very familiar. If you're coming from like a MOBA, there's a lot of things that are kind of similar with the map structure, um, except the fact that uh, <laughs> like people don't run away. Like you don't if you you can't really feed somebody uh, in a way that you can't reverse. Unlike League, where if somebody gets too powerful, it's kind of just a FF at the beginning. Yeah, uh, it feels, you know, I haven't played a whole lot of MOBAs, but I have played a whole lot of Rainbow Six Siege recently. And that is a game that's like, kind of like a 3D, you know, the, the map feels very three-dimensional where you're, you're always worried about what's above you, what's below you, and, you know, around the corner. Whereas in Valorant, it's like, what, which of these corridors am I, am I in? which one am I responsible for defending and pushing and which ones are my friends in? And I need to know how I can get back there if I need to yeah. uh, support them. Yeah. So you definitely it, it feels need very to know different. how to get around the map and how everything interconnects. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a cool thing about having a, a smaller amount of maps um, in a game like Valorant is that it gives you, gives you the chance to really get to know um, each one. Similar to like in league, like there's like what, like three, four maps total. And this is like a 20 year old game. And it's because each of those maps, it's kind of like, you know, like a, like a baseball field, you know, there's not multiple types of baseball fields because that's just how this, the sport is played. And this feels very much like that, where it feels very systematic. You know, it, it does not feel like, um, it doesn't feel like a battlefield map where in battlefield, you know, it's this huge open, open area where it's made for you to approach it in any way, um, that you, that you want to, like, this is a, there are lanes that you are responsible for. There are things you need to do. Um, you know, there are a very 
tightly defined set of rules in this like very sport like um game and valorant you know is i i think i i don't think i overspeak by saying that valorant is going to be a you know at least pretty big esport you know i heard there were already athletes being signed to valorant teams yeah people are getting a little ahead of themselves they're already like i'm sure they are <laughs> there's already people like before the beta even started there's people announcing that they're gonna be they're switching their pro status to valorant and there's a lot of people trying and it, i mean it's it makes sense because it's so projected like there's no details yet but it's so projected to be a main esports game and it's designed so well that it can be that I feel like a lot of people are switching over because like what Sean's take on it was there's a lot of tier two players from Overwatch and call uh not Call of Duty, uh Counter Strike that are switching over to Valorant because it's a, a fresh new field where they can hopefully um, you know, prove themselves and get onto a team uh, rather than being like, you know, relegated to the essentially minor leagues of, of their current game. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, it- yeah, it feels like a new, it feels very exciting. Like, it feels pretty exciting. You know, the way they doled out access to the game was very exciting because, like, you know, I can speak for myself. You know, I was wait. I felt like I was waiting so long to get into this game that when I did, it was like a, kind of like a stop the presses and, you know, go play this game immediately kind of moment. Mm-hmm. And um, so it feels like the whole at least for me, like my, my gaming time the past few days has been, you know, totally like the focus has totally just been wrenched out of my hands and into, um, into Valorant because it's like a thing I want to be a part of as it's, as it's unfolding. So it's, uh, it's cool. It's exciting. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I hope I keep playing this for a while. Like I, like I hope there isn't just this moment where I fall off cause I'm really enjoying it and I'm hoping everybody else keeps enjoying it too. And I, and like, I feel like this is a, the new game for the group that we're going to stick with for a long time and uh, play for a bit. It's pretty exciting. It's not often that new games. Like it's this exciting, out, so. but I will say disappointing because the, the game we all decided to start playing together like a month ago, maybe a little, maybe like two weeks ago was a Rainbow Six ago. Siege, <laughs> which, okay, whatever. Rainbow Six Siege was decided to be, the game we all play together and we got like one week of gameplay in and now it's something else and i was just so happy because i'm always like playing rainbow six siege solo or with you know another group of friends and finally when when you guys want to start playing a new game comes out you know whatever man at least it's similar at least it scratches the same itch as siege yeah i i did enjoy the time we were playing it and and i'll probably keep going back to siege it was kind of just like a filler while i was waiting for valorant though Um, wow (laughs) I mean, I said that right when we started playing it. You're like, is yeah, this I mean, flavor I, I of the it. month? And I was like, yeah, until we all get Valorant keys, it is. And yeah, now that time just come. glad. It's nice. Uh, we have a uh, we have a channel in our Discord called hashtag I have a key because so many people don't that it's like it feels like you've met you've been to the airport. You've been to an airport before, right? That's where they have airplanes. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Well, at those airports, there's these like uh, airline specific uh, clubs that you can get into if you have, you know, if you've flown a certain certain amount of miles with like American or United, um, there's these exclusive members clubs where you go in and there's like free snacks and, you know, room to lounge around between your flights. The I Have Keys channel in the, in the Discord is the equivalent of one of those exclusive members only clubs in the Discord right now. 
because you can really only be there if you got the Valorant drop and it all feels so, you know, new and so exclusive right now that, you know, it's like a, it's a fun place to be. It's yeah. a fun place to be. I mean, I've never really known what it was like to be on the outside of the club. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I just can't everybody just have a key. Like, why are there so many people without keys? Just try it's easy i got mine the first day what are you guys taking so long for i don't understand yeah it, in my <laughs> opinion like kind of like taking a long time to get a valorant key just kind of represents this weak mindset that is not really a part of my gaming vernacular and in order to be kind of like the you know the winner that i want to be i just i wouldn't have that weak mindset you know what i mean yeah like i knew i was gonna get a key day the one and look i did it why don't you anybody can do it it's just a mindset thing bro yeah, so just, you Wake know, Wake up at 5 a.m. and put on streams, bro. <laughs> Thank you. You know, simp hard day in and day out, and you will get a Valorant key. Um, I don't know if we can guarantee that, but um, we'll try. Um, because otherwise, it's just this kind of weak mindset that, that is going to do you no good and, you know, kind of is embarrassing to watch, frankly. Yeah. The equivalent of being a cuck in gaming is... Uh not having a key so. <laughs> yeah 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 don't be a cuck don't be a cuck don't be a cuck it... play valorant <laughs> that's funny uh we actually just got off the phone with riot's pr and they they they, they, they kind of cleared that as a um, you know like a part of their branding so um <laughs> you know don't be a cuck play valorant is uh you know a powerful statement and also just you know a really good representation of what it feels like to play Valorant and to have a key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can game. I talk about the bullet I took for you the other day? What bullet? In Valorant? <laughs> no, uh, the bullet in uh, saving you an hour and 40 minutes from watching that god-awful movie you recommended to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> as this is another deep cut of uh, the Motion Pixels podcast, but, you know, as right now you know us as the world's you know biggest most popular uh key having animal podcast cro- you know key having animal crossing podcast it's kind of like a crossover like animal crossing valorant crossover podcast right now we started out this is a deeper cut as a florence pew podcast uh, pewcast if you will and uh, shortly after that we were actually you know for a long time a video game and movie podcast um which Movies are these things you used to be able to go to the theater to see, but, you know, due to COVID-19 concerns, um, you can, like, watch Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever. And uh, this week I tried my best to kind of, like, reignite our past uh, passion for uh, film by getting us to watch uh, a movie called Under the Skin, which is an erotic uh, horror movie um, that's on Netflix starring Scarlett Johansson. Um, I I guess she's from Sweden or something. That's very cool. Um, And what's i guess i can let matt take it from here i mean it's made by a24 so i thought it was going to be good um i didn't actually know that when you sold me on it initially uh so i had i went in with no expectations i think you told me it was like scarlett johansson and erotic horror and i was like okay that's interesting i thought of what was that one movie she did lucy lucy yeah where she's like the the lead and she's like some badass like limitless type person that yeah um, limitless not- with guns yeah limitless with guns um <laughs> it's nothing like that uh i knew i was in for 
for a ride uh right when the movie started because it's it's like it's almost like a um 2001 a space odyssey open where oh it's like stuck on this maybe not like the opening of that movie uh i might be misremembering it but the opening to this movie is like it looks almost like you've stared at the the light that's over you in the dentist office for too long. <laughs> it's like this this like black circle on this white background and like hurts your eyes staring at it and it sits on there for like 30 seconds with this like unsettling music and you don't know what's happening and it's kind of changing so it looks like it's going in and out of focus. I was like, "Okay, what is this? Is this like an eye?" and I mean, after about five minutes of this slow, like, changing of the shape, it turned out, yes, it was an eye. Um, but, yeah, like, the this this movie has I – only, I only got, like, 40 minutes into it because uh, from that opening, I was like, okay, um, I don't know how I feel about this. This might be a bit too artsy of a movie for me, but I'm going to give it a shot, and we'll see. And – the the thing that broke this movie for me was um I watched less of this movie than like movies that I know are worse than it right like I I looked up this movie that we talked up uh talked about a long time ago do it, but do you remember when we were talking about bad Netflix movies like bad Netflix original movies mm-hmm. and I was talking about Tao um yes yes yeah. I do this movie it was a bad sci-fi movie where I got like a, an hour thirty into it of its hour fifty minute runtime and I downloaded it for a plane and rather than finishing watching the last 20 minutes of this garbage movie i turned it off and sat in silence on the plane because <laughs> it was that bad um i watched more of that movie than this one um and that's because about 40 minutes into the movie i couldn't tell you the plot there was nothing going on the it, it was following this like slightly growing cycle of it's scarlett johansson sitting in a truck driving up spotting a lone male and you can tell it's like she's targeting right like you can kind of get that read from the beginning she's asking like oh where are you going is someone expecting you like trying to figure out like will somebody notice if this person disappears early on right and so she goes around and then she gets a target but then like she'll get this person get in a car and then the first time nothing he's just gone and then the second time that it happens there's like this weird like it's in this like completely black room and it's like she's seducing him to go have sex with her. And then as she's walking away and it's just like a shot of Scarlett Johansson's ass just walking away in like jeans. It's this guy like taking off his clothes, getting fully naked. And then it, they're just walking and then they slowly walk. It turns out what they're walking on is water and they're getting submerged. But Scarlett Johansson's not on water, not on water. And she's just walking away and they're like slowly wading into the water and going underneath and then it just cuts and it goes back to Scarlett Johansson driving around doing the same thing. And she's just like constantly picking up people. But there was 40 minutes in, there wasn't like a explicit, there weren't characters. There weren't, there wasn't a story uh, or a explicit story. Like there was probably something that was going on that it was going to tie into. But like 40 minutes in, I didn't care about what I was watching. Like the only thing that was raised were questions of being like, who is she and why is she doing this? What is she? And there are questions I didn't care to find the answer for. So I just turned it <laughs> off. Because it's just like, I, why am I going to waste my time on this? There's like, there's not like a setup where like, I don't see a potential of this like 
blowing my mind because there's there's nothing to keep me invested in this. 40 minutes in. Are you kidding? Like, like what is this? Is this, is this just showing that men are stupid and are going to follow, like, a hot girl home that they don't know? Like, yeah, we all fucking know that. Of course people are going to do that. <laughs> we, don't need a, we don't need some, like, overly artsy movie. Like, I'm kind of surprised Scarlett Johansson did this, too, because they show her naked at the beginning of the movie. And it's like, I mean, that's cool. Like, I mean, she's not, you know, like, people do that, whatever. But it's just kind of like this i don't i didn't hear about this when this came out this is like a 7 year old movie i'd never heard of it before it came out in 2013 and it's just like it feels like scarlett johansson owed some money to somebody that had like a cousin that just graduated art school and needed to get like get needed to get their art house movie made and so she did it instead of paying the loan off or whatever i don't know like <laughs> I, I i just really didn't find myself enjoying it and you said you were thinking about watching it right well, yeah, I mean, I pitched it to you for us to talk about in the podcast, and then you went and watched it. I got a Valorant key, and then today I was like, <laughs> so should I watch this movie? And you were like, no. And then I didn't. Yes. Cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, don't watch it. If you watch it and you watch the whole thing, uh, maybe you can tell me how it ends, and I'll be like, wow, I'm glad I didn't stay around for that. Um, but otherwise, I think you can skip this one. I... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't yeah. really feeling it whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, erotic thrillers, cool. Scarlett Johansson, cool. Horror, cool. Skin, cool. Um, I The combination this... in this movie, not cool. <laughs> yeah, see, you're the way you're describing it. So the way you described it before is just bullshit that I shouldn't watch. Um, before we recorded the podcast, um, you know, made me, you know, think, okay, you know what? I, I, I'd rather play Valorant more than uh watch this movie that's okay with me um but now that you've described it kind of sounds good kind of sounds good to me you, um, you know but I, I like artsy artsy stuff that kind of meanders so you know i i will watch this movie i will watch this movie you the bullet you took for me matt i reached into your chest grabbed the bullet repacked it into a shell and <laughs> fired it back into myself so uh, <laughs> I'm going to take that to the dome and uh, watch it. Then we can, we can talk about it next week. Okay. But also uh, one thing I want to set us up for to keep us honest is uh, the new, you know, COVID edition um, Disney Pixar movie on uh, Disney plus onward uh, a movie that was just on uh, just in theaters, you know, maybe a month ago that, you know, due to the state of the world, they released um, right away on Disney plus let's watch that and talk about it next week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. I've heard it. I've heard mixed things about it, but I'm sure it's going to be better than this past recommendation you gave me. So <laughs> I'll try it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll compare and contrast next week. List dear listeners and viewers and <laughs> we'll spectators. We'll compare onward voyeurs. to Under the Skin. <laughs> yeah. We'll do a deep dive compare and contrast. We'll kind of like write a book report comparing and contrasting uh, Scarlett Johansson and uh, Under the Skin and um, whatever Tom uh the this guy who plays spider-man and the guy from uh parks and rec in uh the pixar uh elf movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh look forward to that look forward to that um we'll probably also uh be you know talking more about animal crossing because i don't see matt and i putting that game down anytime soon because this is the motion pixels podcast uh, this has been a wonderful one. Uh, I am your co-host, August Meyer. 
signing off. Matthew Rawlings, uh, would you like to sign off as well? Yes. If you don't want to sign off, you can just keep talking. I won't stop you. I'm supposed to not talk if I want to sign off, right? <laughs> That's what that yeah, was? Yeah, yeah. yeah just, let's just stop talking now. Maybe he could remix that dead air too. I mean, this is all just <laughs> shit I'm gonna cut out. <laughs> after you do, after you say theme song, I cut out everything before you uh, you go uh, with your trademark intro. Really? Yeah, I I see you don't listen to our podcast. No, I, I do. I just don't. I just don't no, I definitely. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. A, I listen to our podcast. I just don't remember a single thing I say.